Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. My guests today do not play in the NBA, but they did get a chance to play, in a sense, with the best player of this era, LeBron James, in his new movie, Space Jam, A New Legacy. They are the director, Malcolm Lee, and the actor, Don Cheadle, who plays LeBron's nemesis in the film. I interviewed the two of them separately for a story that is on SI.com about working with LeBron James on Space Jam A New Legacy. Also spoke with Cedric Joe, who plays LeBron's son in the film. That audio did not quite turn out well enough for the podcast. So for the pod today, we've just got Malcolm Lee and Don Cheadle. They were both wonderful. They've both got phenomenal stories from being on set with LeBron, working with LeBron. And that was what I went into that story wondering. We kind of got a sense over the years of what it's like to be LeBron's teammate in the NBA, what it's like to pursue championships with him and all that entails. But what's it like to work with LeBron James, the actor, 
for days and hours and weeks at a time. Uh, well, it turns out it's pretty enjoyable also. Um, different, different, but uh, really enjoyable. Uh, these guys talk about becoming friends with him or in, in Malcolm Lee's case, trying not to become friends. Uh, the text exchanges that Don Cheadle now has with LeBron playing basketball or trying not to play basketball around LeBron. There's just all kinds of fun little ins and outs of, of what it's like to be on set making a film with LeBron James. Think you're going to enjoy both of those guys. Before we get to that, a reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always hit me with your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. Okay, my interviews with Malcolm Lee first, followed by Don Cheadle, coming up. So stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Now, very pleased to be joined by the director of Space Jam, A New Legacy, Malcolm D. Lee. Malcolm, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, spending some time. So before we talk about the film and about uh, LeBron's role in this film, uh, the obvious question um, in in coming to this project, uh, I assume you're an NBA fan and, and you're a native New Yorker, I assume, Knicks fan, but sometimes I shouldn't make those assumptions. What was what are your NBA passions prior to LeBron entering your your film life? It's funny. Uh, yes, a huge NBA fan, huge basketball fan um, since uh, I was early teenager. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I I I'm starting to come back to the Knicks. Um, you know, I, you know, I never left really, but it's been difficult. Um, having, you know, grown up in the 80s and 90s and seeing Patrick Ewing and who also went to my alma mater and is now coaching my alma mater, you know, uh, is, is um, you know, it's hard to, to, to see the, the, the futility and the, the mismanagement that's been happening, um, you know. Uh, so, but it seems like they're turning around. Um, so I'm happy about that. I, I, I was, was pulling for Brooklyn um, before they, you know, mortgage their future twice. Um, you know, I, I feel like do you really need an all-star team um, right now. There was, there was some good pieces of a good team, Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and, and um, uh, uh, Karis LeVert uh, and, you know, let, let them all go. So, you know, I, it's, it's, and I love Kyrie. I love Durant. I love Harden, but dang, like all of them together on the same team. It's, it's, it's a little yeah. tough. And I will tell you, that here's the other thing. I am yes, I am a New Yorker. One of my but my childhood buddies happens to be the president of the Bucks, so I I do have a little Bucks uh, loyalty as well. Believe it That's or not, that's Mr. Fagan. That's right, Peter Fagan. Well, that's right. right. Now, now I don't call him Mr. Fagan. <laughs> Mr. Fagan was his dad, you know. But no, he's he's Peter to me, and a bunch of other names I can't say on a podcast. <laughs> so you got some conflicting loyalties in the uh, in the Nets Bucks series, I guess. Um, all right, so th- this this leads me to this uh, important question. Then I need the honest answer. Prior to working with LeBron, were you rooting for or against LeBron as a Knicks fan? Uh, was he somebody that you you gravitated toward as an NBA fan? How what was your your LeBron um, standpoint? I tell you what, I love LeBron James, love him. You know, um, 
from the from the moment he he came into the league or or he came into my consciousness, um, I've I've really um, enjoyed him and I, and 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 I've been rooting for him for a very long time. Uh, we in fact we were we were uh, scheduled to work together twice before. Um, you know when he was you know when he was and this his second or third year in the league, uh, Rich Paul had called me about you know possibly doing something with him and couldn't I couldn't quite figure out what the what the idea was and then we were going to do this thing with Imagine Universal about a, like a fantasy basketball camp and we were going down the road with that like right before he he joined the the Heat. Um, so I've been a LeBron fan for a very long time. Um, I know I, I'm going to contradict myself by saying like, oh, what's up with the Super Team? When he joined the Heat, I was just like he could not find a way to win in Cleveland. And then he came back to win in Cleveland. So I applaud him. I think he's a winner. I think he's, you know, he stands for everything um, good in the world, you know, for, and, and for human beings. So I, I really, I really uh, root for LeBron and have for a while. So that was an easy thing then to, to be working with him. It wasn't like, uh, you know, bringing in somebody who was like, ah, I've been like booing you and like rooting for against your team. So this was an easy, easy thing to. It to was, bridge. it was an easy, you know, thing for yeah with LeBron for sure I mean like you know been dying to work with the guy um you know um and so it was it was it was a a great a great uh, opportunity I assume somebody in your position having worked in film for probably your entire adult life um you're kind of numb to celebrity at a certain point but it's LeBron James there's a different kind of thing when it's athletes versus actors and everything else was there anything to you know are there are there nerves the first time you're working with LeBron directing LeBron um you know, did you, anything you have to overcome as a fan now working with him as the director? Here's what I had to overcome. I had to overcome trying to be his friend, you know, trying to be his boy. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, but cause I was like, that's going to not, that's not going to serve me. Well, it's not going to serve uh, the movie. Well. Um, so I kept my, I kept my, you know, my fandom at, at you know, at bay and said, okay, this is a director actor relationship here. Um, you know, fortunately we had met before, and then we just got to know each other much better. Um, and so w- w- the great thing was he was very trusting of me. Um, you know, I guess, you know, because he had seen, you know, the stuff that I had done. And so when I'm giving him direction, he's going to have to trust, you know, that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm after something. Um, and then, <laughs> it's funny. There was one time um, where, where I, we were shooting an exterior in, in a basketball court. And LeBron, you know, it always takes time to shoot or whatever. So, I, so you know, one time I was shooting with him, and I had shot, and I had made sure not to shoot around with him at all. Like, you know, and it was I wasn't a conscious of him. I just, I just, you know, did it very, very sporadically, like on set when we we're doing interior. But when we were doing this exterior, we had a little downtime, and I was shooting, and I and I must have hit like eight in a row, right? And LeBron says, "Oh, yeah, you can shoot." I stopped shooting after that. I was like, <laughs> "Okay, that's it. I, he's never going to see me shoot again." Because uh, I'm, I'm never going to get a moment better than this. Uh, how far were you when you hit those eight shots in a row, I have to ask? Hey, I was at least uh, top of the key extended. All right. Yeah. So res- respectable. Well, it was respectable. And, 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 and he wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't, <laughs> If LeBron James says you can shoot, then that's legit. Yeah, no no doubt. And you, you were right to go out on that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I have a rule personally. I will never ever try to do anything with a basketball in my hands while NBA players are anywhere within a mile of me. It's, it, it can only go badly for a sports writer covering the league. So it can only go badly, no question. Um, we talk about players being coachable. Um, I don't know if you talk about actors being directable, um, but how coachable, directable was LeBron? 
Um, well, as I, as I've stated before, he, you know, very much, I mean, but again, that, that comes with trust, you know, you, you have to gain the actor's trust. You have to, um, you know, engender, um, that, that bond, you know, uh, where, where he can, you know, if I say something to him, he's going to, you know, take it to heart and, and say, okay, how do I, how do I do this? So, you know, n- no, no insecurities, no, uh, no kind of like, you know, back, uh, talk about it, no resistance, you know. He was game for pretty much anything, especially if it was fun. You know what I mean? Um, and so, and even when it came to some of the emotional uh, stuff where he has, he has to get a little bit emotional in the, in the movie. Uh, and it's going to surprise people um, because there's a father-son story. Um, there is a disconnect between father and son in the movie. And, and, and the, the journey of, of Space Jam is how they, 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 they start seeing eye to eye better. Um, and so, like, I think it's a universal story. And, and, and as far as, like, you know, LeBron, he, he wanted it to be great um, and he wants to be great. Um, and he was never somebody that was like, oh, I'm going to be in my trailer or I can't, you know, come to set right now or whatever. Always on time, um, you know, really never left the set. Um, you know, when even when there were like hundreds of people around, you know, um, so it, he was great. Uh, I, had, I had a really good time uh, uh, directing him. I was going to ask, and maybe this already, you've, maybe you've already answered the question, but like, I was going to ask, what was the most challenging thing that the script called for that you asked him to do? Was it some of these emotionally taught moments with his on-screen son? Um, was there something else that, that kind of made, you know, really, for somebody who's obviously not a, a, a trained actor, to try to, to uh, embrace? You know, I, I think it's, it, it, the, the, the emotional stuff actually wasn't that, wasn't that difficult. And I think it, that may have been, you know, because I gave him something to think about, it, it may have been, uh, you know, the rapport had been strengthened over, over, over time. Um, you know, comedy is hard, right? Like, and, or even subtlety and nuance is hard. So, you know, the, and I can't say that like, I, I'm thinking of a, you know, a couple of specific lines, but like, they weren't like, it's just like, you know, I, I always want something super specific. And so like, I, I'll, I'll have them do, you know, a number of takes and, and whatnot, but uh, nothing that was like insurmountable, uh, or nothing that, that that I felt like, oh, that's gonna that that'll cut well, you know. So nothing, nothing. But but he again, you know, for for somebody who's not a trained actor, he did it very he did very well, and he's very believable. I mean, and people say, oh, he's playing himself, but it's like it's kind of hard to play yourself, you know. I was going to ask, yeah, I guess it, that we we assume it's easier for the athlete to just play themselves, but that's that's not necessarily the case, right? Because he's he's not playing, he's not truly playing himself. He's playing some version of himself. Um, in in terms of of that, did you go and look? Did you watch Trainwreck? Did you watch anything else that he had done before to get a gauge on like what you're dealing with here? Do you prepare yourself, um, or do you, is he just walk in on day one and you just like go? Well, you know, I had seen Trainwreck. Um, I had seen his commercials, obviously, um, you know, seen plenty of interviews and you get a sense of, of a person um, um, with, with those, with that background um, and with that, that research. And again, I don't, I didn't do like formal research. Um, I, again, I had spent a little bit of time with him t- talking about movies and stuff. So, you know, I, I and, and then just, just hanging out with him, just getting a sense of his personality and what, what I thought could be translated well on screen what his strengths were that, that we could, you know, you know, uh, capitalize on, but no, like I wouldn't say we didn't need extensive research on, on him. You know, you just, you know, it's like you, you, whatever an actor does in, in their past, you know, in their commercial or, or movies or television show, it's like, you hope that they, you know, that they can deliver lines, you know, uh, believably authentically, um, then that's what you, what you want. Um, and then, you know, 
you then you'll find out, well, is that an edit uh, actor or is that an, uh, an actor that actually can actually deliver stuff? And sometimes, you know, it's it, it, it's it's like that with professional actors, you know, like they don't always cut together well or that or you have to cut them together in order to craft a better performance. I didn't really find that with LeBron. I found like that, you know, he was pretty solid, you know, and, and pretty consistent with it, with, with what he what he did, you know, like. When it comes to like, you know, again, comedy, you can't really, um, you can't rely on people who, who aren't naturally funny. And he's funny, he's a funny guy and he loves to laugh. But like, you know, the, I've worked with, you know, some of the best comedians in the world and like, you know, like they're able to just improv stuff and you can't do that with somebody like LeBron. You gotta like give him something. And, and by the way, there were a couple lines we threw at him and he was able to deliver them as well. I mean, so it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of a, um, you know, it's, it's a catch-all. I mean, sometimes it, it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, Jackie's letting us know that we're, we're just about out of time. So last thing is what's the most memorable moment with him. You think on set, if there, if, if anything fits that, whether it was a scene, whether it was, or even if it was just on set, but off, off camera, um, you know, like I said, you know, I think that, um, um, that, that, that time that I was shooting was, 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 is very memorable for me and just a great, you know, thing, you know, memory of mine. Um, I think, you know, like him, getting that emotional beat that I wanted him to get um, was really strong. And I'm very proud that he was able to, to go there. And then like when he was off camera, I had to have the, the, the son be emotional as well. So I was like, I need you to do that again, you know? And he was like, again, I was like, yeah, it's going to help your, your scene partner. And you know, he, he was, he was game for it. So again, I think LeBron just wanted it to, wants the movie to be great in my, and look, this is tremendous pressure on him just as a human being. <laughs> You know, as a basketball player, you know, uh, as, as certainly following in the Space Jam legacy, it's like, you know, hey, uh, it, it's he wants it to be great. And he took it very, very seriously. Although I will say, like, this adds a whole other layer to the GOAT debate. And MJ did not necessarily rate out well as an actor in that movie. So I hate to put you on the spot, but does this is, is LeBron win the GOAT debate on acting alone on, in Space Jam versus Space Jam? Well, we'll let the audience decide. You know, I mean, I would tell you this. I would tell you that there are, there are going to be plenty of people that, you know, no matter how well LeBron does on the screen, they will say that, you know, Le that Jordan is better. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, I think Le I think LeBron puts on a very, very good performance. Fair enough. Appreciate that. You handled that perfectly. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and, and we've probably run over. Um, so, Jackie, thank you for letting us uh, slide here a little bit. Um, but I know you've probably got a bunch of these stacked up, so, um, I would love to chat for another hour, but, uh, you got Me a lot too, to get to, so I appreciate the time. time. We'll do it. Let's make it happen. Ab absolutely. No, you know, with, uh, down the road, let me know. Um, we'd love to have you back on, on the podcast in full. So that'd be great. I appreciate that. No doubt. All right. That was Malcolm Lee. And up next is my interview with Don Cheadle, who plays LeBron's nemesis in the film, Al G Rhythm. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But my curiosity as somebody who's covered the NBA for a long time is just obviously what it's like for um, actors, directors, everyone else to share this space with LeBron that is obviously not um, his usual place of, of, of dominance. So um, let me just start with this, actually. You obviously have spent you know your, your life in entertainment um, I kind of assume sometimes that celebrities don't get nerves, uh, you know, anxiety around other celebrities, but it's it's LeBron James. He's celebrity of a different type. So did you know him before? Is Do you ever get any nerves around somebody who's a, a celebrity of a different, um, you know, field? I mean, I don't know. Nerves is the right word, maybe, but there's definitely uh, an excitement around meeting somebody uh, like LeBron who is, you know, one of one uh, in many ways and uh, kind of, you know, I think the nerves would probably would be less uh, meet, him meeting me sort of uh, <laughs> on my field, which is me attempting to, you know, do anything in his world. Uh, so it, it was uh, a great experience and he definitely brought all of his professionalism and, and, and you know, team uh team kind of concept and identity to the set and we uh we had a great time did you know him at all before had you guys crossed paths at award shows or something events no we had never met before um before i met him on the set um but obviously it's been a lot of time there and uh at things outside of there you know see him at the random birthday party and 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 whatever else event was going on, um, dinners and things. But, 
we've you know kept in touch since then and uh it's it's nice to and rare to you know make another friend that sticks uh as an adult yeah and and obviously i'm sure you know a mutual respect as as guys who are at the, the top of your very different fields uh, so what is it what is the the ongoing conversation or relationship now like with obviously this 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 base of having worked together on this project and now you guys are social what's you know give me without revealing anything obviously too private what are like the text conversations like when you're texting with lebron in the course of a season well uh they're not always you know basketball related they're they're often about everything that's happening outside of that you know politics for sure especially this last year um you know, we're both fathers, so you know that those subjects come up. We talk about that kind of stuff, and really, you know, music, literally whatever is is happening that'll pop up. You know, he'll send me a random text about something, and we'll have a conversation. And you know, it's just one of those ongoing things. Uh, I was definitely uh, in communication with him a lot during this the series, um, and you know, I would always send him some meme or. Um, we try to send him some inspirational quote or, you know, <laughs> something funny or, you know, before the game. And he was, you know, we just get back and forth on those things. So you guys have become like genuine, genuine friends. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's it, it, it's rare to make. Well, often we, you know, in these, when we do these projects as actors, we like form these kind of satellite, you know, families that, you know, or hang really, really hard. You know, you're on the set 14 hours a day and spending a lot of time together on set. Uh, so that bonding is, you know, happens. But often then we go all go off and do our own things and don't, you know, some people I have, you know, haven't seen again after having such a, a, a close and, you know, sort of a concentrated experience. But he and I, like I said, it's rare, but we've to stay in touch and, and uh, that's kind of cool. That is. Um, can you give me, like, what's the best meme or inspirational quote you might have sent him during the playoffs? Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I could look them. I don't know. I just <laughs> always, whatever I find, you know, it depends. Did, it, did they lose the game? Did they win the game? You know, yeah. if they lost the game, you know, any shit, let's go. You know, whatever. If they like, try to go and, you know, and they won one, if it'll be somebody celebrating or doing some, you know, latest victory dance it's just whatever silly stuff you know it's usually lighthearted yeah. stuff like he doesn't need a coach he doesn't need another coach <laughs> or another someone to console him he's a fully formed adult so uh it's just stuff to let him know i'm you know thinking about him and digging him from afar yeah uh fair enough um don how big of an nba fan were you uh prior to, to working with LeBron and uh, the honest answer, were you actually a, a LeBron fan or a Laker fan or what were your rooting interests prior to, uh, to working on the film? Well, I was always a LeBron fan, you know, since he came into the league, just was a phenom. And I, I loved, you know, and I asked him about it, you know, like his first year in the league or first few months in the league, what I remember more about him than anything were his passes or the dimes that he would be sending to people that would going through, you know, the passes look like they would bend the space-time continuum, and I just remember so many teammates not being ready for them because they didn't think it would, they could possibly get through the spaces that he would get them through, and uh, and so fast and hard, he kind of had to learn how to how to how to you know modulate that, and uh, 
we talked about that. You know, I would just say like, damn, people weren't ready for that. And he just like, you know, send back a, a laughing emoji. Say, yeah, I had a lot to learn. You know, he's, he's very humble at the same time about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I really started getting heavily into basketball when I moved to LA. So you know, I was a Lakers fan during the you know Magic and Worthy era, and, you know Byron. All those dudes, and it's cool to now later in life, like know all those guys, you know, and be able to rap with them. That's pretty special too. So, uh, so on set, uh, describe. This is obviously not LeBron's first foray into in, in acting. You, you know, did train wreck some other stuff, and obviously a ton of commercials from the time he was like eighteen years old or whatever. Um, but describe him as, as an actor, and and uh, and and be as as uh, you know brutally honest <laughs> from a professional standpoint as as you can i think people are going to be pleasantly surprised you know he has a lot more to do in this one than he did in Trainwreck. but i think people were surprised about Trainwreck. he was really funny and and uh got the assignment as they say uh and in this one you know he has you know there's a lot more on his shoulders as far as what he has to convey and the you know the character that he has to portray although it's supposed to be him you know he's He's acting. He's obviously acting in a virtual world, and he's got a family and all of that stuff. But I think it really, from what I've seen anyway, um, from uh, the post stuff that I've seen, it's really good, and it's, he's really uh, believable. Um, does he act for, or does he ask ask for acting tips along the way? Uh, are are there moments where like he's seeking your counsel or others on set about how to do? I mean, it is still new to him for the most part. Yeah, no, I think um, there, there, there wasn't really those kinds of conversations, although we would talk about, you know, what was happening in scene and, you know, what we were trying to do. And, and you know, he was very, very directable, took, took, you know, took directions well and could make adjustments and things that, you know, actors have to do all the time. And uh, he, like I said, he got it. He knew what he was supposed to do and he was there for it and uh, was always, you know, on time. We were never waiting around for LeBron, you know, never acted like a diva, uh, even though he was dealing with a lot of stuff during that time, you know, putting the, trying to put the team together. He was nursing an injury. He was, you know, still having to, like, go to practices and workouts and stuff. So it was, uh, it was a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, remind me, what was the, the, the time frame? This was last, uh, was, it, was part, it was this past summer, right? Yeah, I think no, I kind of get lost. I, I think it was even <laughs> before that. Oh, you're right. Actually, it would have had to have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was the year before that. We did these yeah. shoots last year. Um, we had to do some of those during COVID, and that was, you know, different because we didn't shoot originally during under those conditions. So, you now I just remember reshoots and protective gear and masks and all that. So that had to be past, you know, post-March and everything. Yeah. Um, what do you think the most challenging thing he had to do in this film was from an acting standpoint? And where did you, was there a moment where you kind of sat back and went like, oh, wow, I, I didn't I didn't think he could go there or was it a particularly challenging scene? I think probably all of the family stuff, you know, that's the biggest thing he had to deal with. And I didn't, you know, my character isn't really around for those scenes that he had with, with his son and everything. But I think that mm-hmm. was sort of the most intense and most, uh, the, the heaviest stuff that he was having to do in the movie, acting one. Uh, with us, it was, you know, we we're working a lot of, around a lot of, you know, 
blue screen and virtual stuff and, and having to play off into empty space or a cardboard cutout, you know, um, <laughs> as these stand-ins for these tunes, stuff that they did later in post. Uh, but you just have to have a good a good imagination. And I, I just remember one scene that we had. I don't even know if the scene is still in. I don't think the scene's still in the movie, actually, but we had, like, a rap battle. And <sighs> he was just supposed to be standing back there with the tunes. And he jumped up on stage and started performing with them and everything. And, you know, after we cut, he's like, yeah, I wasn't just going to stand back there. <laughs> like, like, oh, so you, so you understand that you can get in where you fit in, too. And, you know, as long as it works, it works. So uh, he he was pretty comfortable. How how were each of you in that rap battle? Who who's who's better? Well, come on, it wasn't <laughs> him. <laughs> he actually didn't have any. He wasn't rapping. He was just okay. like, supposed to be supporting the tunes. But uh, okay, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if it made the final cut. A lot of stuff we did. I had a whole dance scene of that I don't think is in it either. I'll, I'll eventually see that screener, and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what made it there. Um, so, what's the most memorable? And that sounds like that this might answer that question. But I was going to ask, like, what's what was your most memorable moment with him? And it doesn't have to necessarily be anything that was on camera. It could have just been, you know, on set in general. But what was the most memorable uh, moment with him? I mean, there's so many. We there was a long shoot, you know, I, and I think there would be, you know, just more things happening. Like after we wrapped, we we you know the, the day that we wrapped, we hung out. I brought in a really nice bottle, and we just hung out with the some of the crew and cast afterwards. You know, outside trailer and just kind of set up a little screening area and just hung out. And and uh, you know, I was like, all right, LeBron, I need we got to have a handshake. I know you have it with all the teammates, but we got to have one. So we like came up with a handshake. <laughs> So now it's like, all right, cool. Now LeBron and I have a specific handshake too, so uh, that's kind of cool. That that that's one for the resume. Uh, how long is it? Yeah. How long is it? Yeah. Time wise? No, it's like, some of those are pretty intricate, right? <laughs> oh, it's pretty intricate. It's it's several moves, um, but uh, it's appropriate. Everything in it is for a reason. That's what it, each each one of them means something. You know, each part oh. of the shake means something. Well, that's cool. Uh, can you describe it, or is that is that too uh, too inside? No, 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 no. Too inside. You'll just have to see <laughs> it happen on the carpet. Oh, that's that shake. I can't, now I'm curious. I can't wait to see it, and then we'll we'll, we'll, be, we'll go scene by scene and break it down like the Zapruder film. You know. Exactly. Oh man, that's a terrible reference, but I know what you're saying. That is a terrible reference. It is the it is the first thing I thought of when going <laughs> frame by frame. Your Honor, I withdraw. I withdraw the analogy. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, what I mean more, it's more like like the Anwar Sadat thing. Oh no, terrible. Another bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come up with something that's not an assassination or an attempt. Um, mm-hmm. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So uh, I talked to Malcolm Lee last week. He's I, I, like, I, I don't, it says, it sounds like there wasn't a lot of basketball being played off on the side on, on set, but he did say that like LeBron saw him shooting at one point, pra- you know, credited him, praised him, complimented him for like making eight shots in a row. And Malcolm's like, all right, that's it. I'm out. I'm not, I'm not, not taking another shot. Did you have any moment like that with, with him? Was there any basketball being played or, or were you like, yeah, you know what? You don't want to shoot around like one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, I would. I love to shoot around. I would have been shooting around the whole all the time. You know, um, my my character, however, was often wearing CGI clothes that wouldn't shoot around. I'd be in a suit. Nothing I was ever wearing was conducive to the shoot around. Um, and you know, at the time, LeBron was uh, nursing an injury, and the like. The last thing I wanted to be was the dude who was playing basketball with him when he pulled up. Pull the hand or something, you know. Probably, probably a good call. All right, so he didn't see you shooting the way he saw Malcolm shooting. Then there was no no moment like that. Oh, what Malcolm said he made eight shots in a row. Is that what Malcolm says? Malcolm claims I'm taking him at his word that he made eight shots in a row at one point, and and LeBron like saw the saw this and like like complimented him like, oh, you can really shoot. And then Malcolm was like, he stopped right there, like that was it. Went out on the high note. Yeah, no more, no more for. Him. At any moment they were dead, but CJ, CJ and him, he went at the, the, the Cedric, who plays his son, and he yeah. would always go at it. And he was, that was actually some cool stuff to see. It's, it's not them playing, but to see, to see Cedric, you know, uh, getting tips on moves from from uh, from LeBron, and uh, how like uh, just their rapport was great. I remember one day while I was asking LeBron about just like when he comes back, is he going to run points? Is he going to play the two? What was the, you know, what was going to happen on the team? And, you know, kind of us chopping that up and him kind of standing there 
with his arms crossed on top of Cedric's head, just kind of relaxed and just talking and just Cedric, like, beaming. Like, I'm, you know, I'm here hanging out with LeBron James. He was just so geeked about the whole thing. And to see their rapport was really, really nice because it was a really easy one. When you see the movie, you know, you believe that they're father and son. It really is. It's a nice relationship. Like you could really feel it. Like it, it, it felt very genuine. Oh, absolutely. They were just super, that's, you know, that's, that's what's the cool thing about it is how relaxed they had become around, around each other. Um, and, and that there's a, a genuine affection between the two of them. It's just, it's nice to see. LeBron, better actor or you better shooter? Who's better in the other's field? Well, until the knee, until I, you know, had to retire because of my knee, I would say, oh, why does it have to be better? Why do you have to put on a better? We're so, <laughs> we're so you know, uh, uh, best with better or worse. It's a very sports writer question. Yes, it is. I know. Um, I would say my prime, I'm probably a better shooter than, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not falling for the track. I'm not taking the break. <laughs> Sorry. That's a question. <laughs> Fair enough. How about a different trap? A better actor uh, in a Space Jam movie, LeBron or MJ? Oh, God. You really you really want me to have to be in an uncomfortable spot when I see either of these dudes. <laughs> I, think that, I think that LeBron had, was asked to do more than, than Michael had to do in the first one. You know, LeBron yeah. has, has more, more things that he had to try to pull off in this movie. So just, you know, it's like how I feel about the Oscars. Malcolm McDowell is the person that said it earlier. He's like, you can't say who's the best unless everybody's doing the same thing. Like sure. where you can't compare what LeBron had to do versus what Michael had to do. They're they're different parts. Um but I think that that I but I think because of, you know, having the first one to and not just that, but the experience of being, like you said, LeBron's done commercials, he's dead with that, there's just a lot more for him to look at and learn from that, you know, he's benefited from that for sure. Yeah, no, I think that that's fair, too. Like, with Michael, it was kind of a one-off. Obviously, he'd done a ton of commercials, but he hadn't really spent time dedicating himself to, to acting, acting in movies, and LeBron has already done that. So, um, besides that, Michael, Michael, one of the great all-time turns on Saturday Night Live back in the day, so it, he gets a pass. Exactly, exactly. Up with Al Franken was hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. Michael with Al Franken was, uh, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything else? Any other memorable moments from uh, from the set, or any uh, any other parting things before I l- let you go? Um, no, I don't have any anecdotal stuff. Just in general, you know, we were it, 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 the the film had gone through uh, some changes and some you know personnel changes and some tricky stuff, and to be able to come back with Malcolm and and but ultimately pull it off. Uh, I think it's really great. You know, it's like I had told Brian at one point when he was, you know, showing up after rehearsals and getting therapy, you know, PT and all this stuff and putting the team together. And then he'd be there in time and costume ready to go. I was like, you could be being a much bigger diva. You know, <laughs> you're, you're really being a good team player. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm here for it. So it, it, was, it was good to see. I was, I was, not surprised that he would be that way, but I was definitely appreciative that, you know, he put the movie first when we were doing the movie. I know at some point he was like, what the hell did I, was I thinking? <laughs> but <laughs> he's like, I, this is nothing like what I have to do. This is nothing like, you know, playing ball. He's like, I'm not, 
I'm not there for 14 hours. Yeah. Five yeah. days a week. I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that he was as all in committed to this as he would be to anything else though. Right. Like that, that's, that's his character. That's what we know of him. Right. Exactly. He was all in. Uh, actually last quick detail question. What, uh, what kind of, uh, wine did you buy? You said you got the bottle of wine at the, for the wrap. Uh, what was the, uh, what kind of wine? No, I said a bottle. I didn't say wine. It wasn't wine. It was tequila. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I, I think it was the the 1942. I think that's what it was. What's the label? I think it's Don Julio. It's the Reposado. Oh, got you. Uh, I didn't know. I just I always took LeBron as a wine guy because that's kind of been the thing. He walks into the Staples Center with the, with a glass of wine. So no, no, he was a uh, he's a he's a Don Julio guy. Anyway, gotcha. Good, good to know. Good stuff. Uh, well, hey, uh, Don, this has been great, man. I, I really appreciate you spending the time. Thanks so much. Um, Big fan of your work, of course, and uh, pleasure to uh, get to chat a little bit. I'm looking forward to writing this story. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Malcolm Lee and Don Cheadle for spending the time. Loved chatting with both of those guys. Thank you so much to Melanie Klein over at Warner Brothers and to Joe Favorito for helping connect us. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Shelby Royston, and thank you all for listening. And, hey, please go check out my story about Space Jam from earlier this week. It's on SI.com. You can find it there. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on the crossover. Yes, throughout the whole offseason as well. we got a lot coming up with free agency and the draft, all the usual craziness. You can find us every Tuesday on the crossover uh, with all the latest NBA chatter. And on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter at Howard Beck. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.